Hey everybody, Rob McCoy for another fireside chat uh, during the Corona vacation. Uh, <laughs> anything but that. Uh, but just uh, bring in some insights, uh, updates, some timely news, uh, things that will help us just kind of calm our fears. Um, and as you uh, have been joining us every evening, you've had with us uh, Dr. Robin Evans. And then uh, tonight we've got uh, David Glinky, who's going to give us, um, you're, you're a financial planner, you're also an American Airlines pilot, so you're, you're going to be able to talk about the travel industry, at least uh, the airlines, and also what we're facing um, in the country financially. And a lot of folks have some fears over their, their portfolios. So David's going to usage some of your concerns, and uh, he's a great friend of mine, and I'm just blessed to have him. Uh, we're going to start out with a few statistics. Oh, we also have another guest joining us, as we did last night. Uh, Charlie Kirk's going to be uh, calling in, and uh, when he calls in, we'll switch over to that. I think he's calling in about 7.05. But let me go through some real quick stats for you. Uh, reported in the Ventura County Star on, um, on Sunday, uh, Ventura County tallied its first death from the new coronavirus on Sunday. Authorities said as the count of active cases here rose to 30, the person was in his or her 70s and had underlying health conditions, uh, said Ashley Batista, spokeswoman for the county. The person's city of residence and gender were not immediately uh, being released, and she said, but more information may be detailed in the future. The individual died on Sunday. So, and then one more statistic just to give you an update. Uh, we have current status of 2019 uh, coronavirus in Ventura County. Cases are 35 deaths, one. Uh, here's another statistic. This is the breakdown for the cities. And again, nothing's changed as we've heard to date in Thousand Oaks, still five cases. Simi's had an increase to 11. Um, and then here's the breakdown in ages. So 45 to 64 and 65 and older, uh, those are the areas that are being hit the hardest, 25 to 44. But even still, uh, be mindful that the population of Ventura County is 854,000. Population of Thousand Oaks, 128,000. 35 out of 854,000. One out of 20, 128,000. Deaths in Ventura County, one out of 854,000. So uh, that's... Dr. Evans, talk, talk about that because yeah, it's just, yeah, here it's, we are again. <laughs> here we are. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's rare and this is not unexpected that we would have an older woman with multiple comorbidities yeah. succumb to the disease. Wait, so, you used the word comorbidities. You oh, got, sorry. <laughs> yeah, comorbidities just means other things wrong with her. So she has some other medical conditions, maybe diabetes, maybe she already has breathing issues, maybe uh, she uh, wasn't well to begin with. And that's, that's kind of what we're saying. Any updates uh, as you've been working in the hospital? And... No, it's, um, you can see that the... Um, there seems to be more people being screened, um, but it's still pretty quiet. Yeah. So it's, uh, I, again, everyone's still bracing before the storm, and it, the storm hasn't really hit. Well, so. and, and we've also expedited uh, um, breathing machines, a number of other things, yeah. masks. Uh, yeah. They're being produced as we speak. Yeah. Um, we are gearing up rapidly for this. So uh, absolutely. Amazing ingenuity of America. Yeah, amen. Uh, and then last night when Charlie called in, he had just gotten off the Steve Hilton show. Yeah. 
talking about uh, how this is this has adversely affected the financial conditions, and that's why I wanted to bring uh, David in. Uh, we'll, we'll have him talk in just a moment, but uh, his concern was, and we talked about this, that the the medicine uh, was worse than the disease. It was it was it's it's killing. Uh, our economy. We're, we're talking about folks that are, you know, the families are, are troubled and alcoholism and you've got suicides and all kinds of things that are a result of a decline in the economy because of this just heavy handedness. Um, and we're just wondering, is is the medicine, uh, does it need to be this strong where it's killing the patient? Absolutely. I, I, you know, I think that the United States is one of the healthiest nations in the world. Yeah. And the reason for that is a healthy economy. And so absolutely they go hand in hand. And I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about that. But that's, that's 100% true. I'm going to show you a quick statistic that um, uh, is fascinating. We, we were watching the, the highest decline in um, uh, unemployment. And then the coronavirus hits, and you can see the statistic. Uh, 2008 recession, high peak of unemployment, and then steadily going down to the lowest in history. And then overnight, uh, uh, 693,000 claims filed for unemployment. So that's heavy. Now, here's our guest. Uh, let me. Hello. Hey, hey Charlie, how you doing? I'm doing great. Good to be talking to you. You too. Hey, uh, I was just going over the slide of um, unemployment uh, and 2008 recession, highest point, and then a steady decline, lowest unemployment in history, and then seemingly overnight, almost 700,000 claims filed in 17 states for unemployment. And you... You were on the uh, Steve Hilton show last night, and we've been praying for you and wanting to get the president's attention, and it uh, seems as though there's been uh, kind of a change in his demeanor uh, to focus on the economy um, and, and really how it's adversely affecting our populace. Can you talk on that? Yeah, there, there's been a noticeable pivot. I, I don't want to use what the left is calling it, which is a reverse, of course, but um, you know, look, praise God that I think there's been more attention in the last 24 hours on what I've been talking about, which is the balance between health risk and also economic risk. I don't think they're exclusive. I think that when someone loses their job, and the data shows this, they're more likely to be isolated and commit suicide. And what I found to be so striking in the press conference today, if you saw the president, he was there for an hour and 55 minutes. He said, well, you have to worry about depression. You have to worry about depression. And one of the journalists said, well, what do you mean? You mean economic depression? He said, no. I mean depression when people are alone because they're not working. Mm. And so that, that showed me right there. The president was now vocalizing the human cost of this. Yeah. And I'm not discounting the, the health at all. I, I, I'm, my, my opponents are saying that I'm minimizing or marginalizing. I'm not. I'm trying to weigh both, and I think that we were foreshadowed some news for those of us that want to go back to work and want to get our businesses going again, that it seems as if there's going to be, and I'm just saying this on only publicly available reports, um, there's going to be a geofence-type strategy, it seems, to focus on the hotspots in the country that really need our help. Uh, L.A. County looks like that's going to be one of them, yeah. and New York especially. But New York is twice as bad as Los Angeles is. That's what the data is showing. Right. Um, that L.A. is bad, but New York is just really in a tough place right now, and the country 
has rallied for New York. We rallied after 9-11. We rallied after Hurricane Sandy. And I yeah. think that's going to be another moment for us to do that again. Um, and so, look, the because of the more data, the better. That's always the case. And the data is showing us that this is really hyper-focused in a couple areas of the country. Um, just a little statistics. Uh, New York City has about 10 and a half, 11 million people, if you count some of the kind of the outer reaching boroughs. Right. Um, that, that, that accounts for less than, um, that, I mean, anywhere, but let me make sure my math is right here, but let's say less than 1%, 1, 1 to 2% of the U.S. population. Um, yeah, that's about right. Uh, 3% of the U.S. population. I'm sorry, about 3% of the U.S. population. And they have about 60% of the cases. So it's extraordinary. And you see, then we're going to have to step up and we're going to do it. And um, But as far as the, the, there's been a sea change, Rob, uh, since we spoke last night. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's actually for the better. Well, I, I appreciate all you do, Charlie. And, and uh, I'm sitting to my left is uh, Dr. Robin Evans. And you said the other night, you, you don't know all the medical stuff and you don't purport to. Uh, you're just a person who does understand the economic downside of all this. And, uh, you know, just the balance for all of our folks listening that we, we want to be mindful of the medical side. We're, we're showing the statistics in Ventura County and our own city as well. But there's also a cost that is affecting every family in our, in our county. So uh, we're just trying to balance it. And I, I'm so grateful for you calling in and sharing with us. And I know you got stuff to do, so get back to it. And God bless well, you, Charlie. One, one, one last uh, point here, which I just want to say. Yeah. doing a phenomenal job here. And, um, you know, I, I think he's been dealt an impossible hand here. And he's, he's using really sound wisdom and judgment. And what, what we saw today uh, for a lot of people was what they've been most worried about. Um, which is like, hey, well, am I going to go back to work soon? And especially in some of these less affected areas and states. So um, I think God has his hand on our president. He's doing such an amazing job, and we have to continue to pray for him. And thank, thank you for those of you that are. So God bless. That's a good word, Charlie. Thanks you. Bless you. You bet. Thank Bye, you. buddy. Bye. Well, so that brings us to something I wanted to encourage folks with, and that's why I'll give you that. Um, we disinfected. We're all good. Uh, we're not six feet apart, but we're leaning out. We still got to get the camera. Um, but I, I, with me is uh, David Glinky, and uh, David is a financial planner. He's also an American Airlines pilot. Uh, you were a chief pilot for a while with American Airlines, um, connected at the highest levels of that industry. Um, and you know, you're, you wake up in the mornings and you're dealing with your clients that are watching their life savings and portfolios just disappear. You had given me a, a graph. I, I hope it shows up. Would, do you want me to show this now? Sure. All right. And then you got to sure. talk into the, uh, so this is the fear and greed index. <clears throat> Explain that to everybody, if you would, what it, they're looking at. Well, it kind of leads towards, this is an indicator that's put out pretty much every day and it's measuring the fear and greed. It's done through a survey methodology. And uh, it kind of goes to Warren Buffett's quote, you know, be fearful when others are greedy and, and greedy when others are fearful. The, you know, people, you, taking it from a, the dynamic side of being an airline pilot, we have 15,000 pilots at American Airlines. We have 26,000 flight attendants. 75% mm. of our international flights are pretty much grounded, about 40%. And then they just reported about a half an hour ago 
that uh, they might do either a forced ground stop or a voluntary ground stop. And, and so that, that just, you were talking about what, what the, the salary budget is for just the pilots. Um, share that with everybody. So <clears throat> just for American Airlines, it's $4.5 billion. 4.5. So you've you got to pay $4.5 billion for, for pilots that are grounded. Right. Right. And, you know, to be honest on that figure, I'm not sure if that includes all the training costs, the simulator costs, let alone having assets like a big 787 parked on the ground. Just, just sitting doing, there. Yeah. yeah. It was interesting to me is like, you know, putting the two jobs together, you're rightfully fearful from the standpoint that people are seeing, you know, our flight attendants and pilots are seeing empty planes or they're not flying at all. So there's a there's kind of a, a fear factor in there yeah. built in. So, uh, you know, I had a flight attendant last week. It was interesting putting in together Charlie Kirk's information, your information, and we were just talking about, you know, she's been here for 40 years. She was crying over the fact that she's going to be on the ground for an indefinite period of time. And she was saying, if I had the choice, and I don't want to take away from the medical aspect of the, the pain and suffering, but she said, if I had the choice be between having the flu for two weeks and losing my job for five years, I'll take the flu for two weeks. And I'm not trying to downplay. I understand. Yeah. And, and, and this is that, that fine line that we're walking because it's, it's the older folks and the ones that have more comorbidities that in our community we want to be protective of. But in the same regard, uh, you, you, you know, as we're looking at the cases, 60% of the cases are in this area that put, uh, consists of 3% of the entire population in the United States. If the body is paralyzed, meaning this, the, the nation, 330 million people paralyzed to go to work, how do we attend to these hot spots that are really hurting? And with any body, uh, the human body, the, it, it has to be healthy to be able to deal with the disease in the different areas, sending antibodies. So we need resources. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we've got to get people to work. Talk about the, what's happened financially and what we're seeing and encouragement to folks, especially with their portfolios and... Do you know, I, I, I saw one big investor, I think he has a, a hedge fund investor, brought in $2.5 billion online into the marketplace. But unfortunately, right now, the fear is at an all-time high, like that graph shows. Yeah. And there is some great opportunities for individual companies that are on sale, Disney, Walmart, Amazon, Apple. So there is an opportunity to get into the market because this fear greed is so at a epic high. It is. So there is some going to be some opportunity. You know, the, the main reason is because America is so resilient. They want to work. They want to get out there. It's going to be tough because, so the cruise ships or the airlines, who's going to wave the magic wand that's going to say, hey, we're all safe now. It's time to start flying again. Yeah. So uh, in the case, you know, American makes about $45 billion a year. Uh, their revenue is going to be down and their costs are going to be up. Somebody's going to have to be the champion in saying we're good. It's the medical, it's the community leaders are going to say it's time to get back to work and it's time to start. Now, uh, you were talking about the stop gaps, uh, pressure relief valves that exist in the stock market. I, I have no investment in the stock market. I have no idea how that works. But when trading begins, if it hits that measure, it shuts down for, what you said, 15 minutes. Explain yeah, I don't, that to... I don't have them completely memorized, but the first stop gap is when it hits 7%, it stops for 15 minutes. Then there's another stop gap that it shuts down. I, I can't remember the exact times. I should have them a little bit better. And then if it goes 20%, it's 
stopped for the whole day. What's happening, and there's a, a debate over this, is that um, computers are amplifying people's fears or yeah. amplifying. So like today, you had a huge swings, almost 1,500 or greater swings between the bottom wow. being down negative, I think, 800 up to positive 400. Uh, so you have these big swings, and they're being amplified by computers that are uh, uh, trading off of the fear and greed, kind sure. of. But what uh, in 2007, it was a rule that they got rid of called the uptick rule. And in the past, what would happen is short sellers, that people are coming in, shorting the market, taking advantage of the market going down, uh, and the computer's amplifying it now with all the technology that we have. In fact, these computers want to get closer and closer to the exchange because they want that nanosecond right. faster than everybody else. But anyway, uh, in 2007, you can only short the market when there was an uptick. In other words, if I'm going to short Citibank that's going down, you had to have one uptick. One, it, it could be a penny, and that would make sure that there was some upward momentum before it start to go down. Yeah. Instead, now, you can short it all day long, and you're trying to get the roller coaster down, and people are making money and taking advantage of it. So I think that's a debate that is going to have to be taken up again to take it to get rid of the people that are taking advantage of this thing so so for folks who are heavily invested in the stock market what's your advice every statistical and maybe next time I'll, I'll give you some slides on that every statistical meter will say if you try to time the market and get out in a situation like this you're probably going to get hurt because I have, you have people that say hey I want to go all to cash and I'll tell you when to get back in when is that? When, are you going to tell me? Because I, I guess your crystal ball is better than mine. But every statistical, I'll bring a graph tomorrow, maybe you can show. Sure. And it will show that people that get out, they don't know when they get back in because they're self-fearful and um, they won't get in. Almost everybody that I'm talking to is staying in. Yeah. So, and which, which and makes them ask the question, who's selling? Yeah. You know? You're going to have so much cash on the sideline that's going to have to get back into the market. And when does that come back in? And when it comes back in, it's probably going to hopefully cause a rally and alleviate some of these fears. Well, that's, that's helpful. Um, anything else you want to share with folks? I'm going to go through a, a couple of uh, slides uh, to encourage. But anything else that you're, you can think of that folks that have been, you know, especially some of our retired folks, that they're they're relying on, on their investments, and uh, this has really hit them. Um, you, you just say stay in. I, I would stay in because all the statistics from all the uh, crises that we had back in 2008 show that it always comes back up. And I think that people with what, what uh, uh, the idea that we are talking about, uh, rallying around and supporting each other and taking care of the lesser of us, yeah. if we're always there supporting each other, we come back stronger as a country. Exactly. So I, I think there's going to be a huge need that when we get through the medical aspect of it, we need to stick together as a country and start helping each other out. Yeah. And that will help our economy and our markets. Yeah, let's turn the lights back on and get business moving again. I had the clicker here. Did you see what I did it's with right it? right there. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we covered this uh, last night, and uh, it was Philippians. And uh, it says, be anxious for nothing, uh, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to say, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And, and the idea of meditate, I pulled this up in Psalm 119, verse 15. The psalmist says, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways, meaning God. You press into him. And, and we're, we're going to come to some difficult times in, um, in California, quite possibly. Uh, we've been told that the president uh, has called up the National Guard for New York, California, and I think Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. I just know California's one. To what extent they're going to be uh, in, invoked and, and used, I, I don't know. Um, I'm hoping that uh, we will focus on the hotspots, which would be L.A. County, uh, New York in that regard. Um, but when, when the National Guard comes in, it's usually because of civil unrest. And, and we can control that. We can not be anxious. We can be prayerful. We can be servant-minded, not greedy, not hoarding. Um, and, and folks say, well, if martial law is invoked, and if you don't know what martial law is, you can Google it later. It's been invoked a few times throughout the course of our nation's history. The last I remember was 9-11. Uh, this idea that, that we're under uh, military rule uh, because of civil unrest. And we struggle as Americans. Uh, for example, uh, our sanctuary is empty. We were told not to meet, no gathering of 10 or more. Now, in all fairness, uh, that is a violation of our Constitution. You know, we have inalienable rights that were given by God. It says that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed it's our consent that allows these folks to operate. We are the sovereign. It's the first three words of the preamble of our constitution. We, the people, we give government officials consent to govern, but they are only there to protect our inalienable rights. We have what is called the Bill of Rights. And the very first amendment of the Bill of Rights is this one. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. Uh, amendment two, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free, straight, free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. You should read uh, the Bill of Rights. Uh, it's critical. And the reason why I say that is because when we come into a time of civil unrest, if the National Guard's called up, folks start to panic a little bit because we are a land of the free, home of the brave. We believe in these rights and we hold these to be dear and we defend them and we protect them. And that's the purpose of every elected official. We swore to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And so when talk of of martial law and, and National Guard and military rule uh, come into the picture, it causes some consternation and concern. I understand that. 
I want to tell you as not only an elected official, but also as a minister to an empty uh, sanctuary where in a sense the First Amendment is being struggled, I, I have not forsaken or given up my unalienable rights. You can't give them up and they can't be taken away. You have to exercise them. But my wife and I have been married for 30 years. The scripture says, wives submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Uh, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Children obey your parents, it'll go well with you. This is the building block in Ephesians 5 and 6 of a family. My wife is not less than me. We're equal. Uh, she submits willingly as Jesus submitted to the Father. Now, if I'm abusive, uh, she's there willingly. She's not, she's not demanded or ordered uh, to, to sit there and allow her world to be imploded upon um, if there's abuse. And, and as a citizen, I just, I want the governing authorities, and I'm speaking to myself in a sense, I want the governing authorities to know I am willingly submitting for the sake of the health of the community to ga- gather in small groups and to close the facilities. We're, we're willingly yielding. We, we, we are giving this to you. But it doesn't mean that you are allowed to take our rights. We will exercise them if they're infringed upon. We see the greater good, and so we willingly submit. So folks, continue to pray for your leaders as we've continued to say, don't be anxious. Uh, the, the times that you invoke martial law are the times where there's civil unrest, and, and only the people can control that, and you're the thermostat. You have this ability not to be anxious about anything, but by all things, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Be prayerful. Pray for kings and those in authority. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. We watched that last night as we began to pray. Watch as the president changed his course of action in regards to the economy. You've got an insight into the medical side with with Dr. Robin and, and David is here with us. And we know there's concerns, but be anxious in nothing. And uh, the Greek word for nothing is nothing. So there you have it. Calm down. Be prayerful. Enjoy this time off. Pray for the president and all those who are in authority. Pray for our county leaders. Pray for our civic leaders. Intercede. Get back to pressing into the Lord. He's your strong tower. He, he, he is enjoying this time with you. And so spend it with him. May God bless you and may his peace be upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good night, everybody.